Well, good evening. It's so good to see all of you guys here. Summer's started, our kids are home, and, and they're doing all kinds of things, and yet we find time to come and to gather and to be with the family. So welcome to New Hope, everybody. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings, so if everyone would get ready. You know, we're actually in, if you're reading through the bookmark with us, we're in the book of 1 Kings. And during this time, there's a famine in the land, and there's no food. And that's because there's no rain, so that means there's no water. And God says to Elijah, he says, hey, I want you to go into the city of Zarephath. When you get there, I've told a widow to take care of your needs. So he goes to Zarephath, and he gets there, and he finds a widow, and he says to her, and she's gathering sticks, and he says, can I have a cup of water? And she says, sure. And then he says, hey, while you're at it, could you make me some food? And she says, well, to tell the truth, I'm gathering these sticks. I'm going to make a fire. And basically, I'm making the last meal that my son and I are going to eat, and then we're going to die. And then Elijah says to her, no, no. Go ahead and plan on making your meal, but just make me a loaf of bread. Because God said that if you do this, your flour won't run out. And basically what he was saying to the woman was, you know what? If you're going to obey God, you have to trust him. And when he asks us to do things sometimes, it's uncomfortable and it's difficult, but we get to trust him. Because if he asks us to do something, he does it for our benefit. His plans for us are for good and for our welfare, not for calamity. And sometimes when we're bringing our tithes and we're bringing our offerings, it's that kind of trust. We have to look at God and say, you know what? I'm going to trust you with what I have. I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to know that because you asked me to do this, that I'm going to be okay. I don't know how I'm going to be okay, but I know I'm going to be okay because I trust you. And so our offering and our tithes, that's the time we get to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm stepping over this. I'm trusting God. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are such a good God. And you'll never ask us to do something that you're not planning on doing something even greater in our lives. So Lord God, as we bring our tithes to you, as we obey you in bringing them, and as we bring our offerings, we're saying that we trust you. So Lord God, would you receive more than our tithes and offerings? Would you receive our hearts and our trust? And then would you take it, Lord God, multiply it so that others may know you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Marsha. Are you guys excited that it is summer? Yes. I mean, today was a little hot, and I could tell that we are actually entering into summer because it was so hot. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I have always loved summer. Now, when I was a kid, I had three months of summer vacation. And I always looked forward to summer because we got to celebrate those moments of being able to sleep in, being able to stay up late. We planned camping trips and, and beach days and we'd swim in the pool. That's what summer was like. And I was fortunate enough to be a stay-at-home mom when my kids were young and I tried to do the exact same thing for them. We would celebrate summer because they accomplished graduating from one grade to the next. And that's a big accomplishment for kids, yes? That's a big accomplishment for us parents as well. And we would celebrate these moments. And it's actually in these moments that we find where true celebration really is. 
Because celebration is looking at something good and being thankful for it. It's looking at something, whether it's a moment, and saying, I'm so grateful I had that. And that, to me, reminds me of summer. And we're in the series Celebration of Summer, or Summer Celebration. And tonight, we're going to take a look at celebrating growth. Now, I was about in the seventh grade, and I was about 5'3", which isn't that tall. And about, it took me about two years. By the time I was entering the ninth grade, I was nearly six feet tall. So let me tell you what those two years felt like. I would cry at night because I was in so much pain. And I had no idea what was going on. And I would call to my mom, and I was like, hey, mom, what is happening? And she would rub my legs, and she said, sweetie, you're growing. And I'd say, well, I don't want to grow if it hurts like this. Yeah, sounds familiar. See, we want to have, we want to arrive. We want it all, but we don't want to walk through the process of growth. But how do we celebrate growth? How can we grow and be like, oh, I'm going to celebrate that pain? Well, it's the actually walking through that we can look back and actually say, yay, we made it. That's why we celebrate. And that's why when we think about summer, we, we think about all the things that we look forward to. In fact, in just one week, we're going to be having our first camp here. That's going to be our sports camp. And then a week after that, we're going to be welcoming in all of our junior hires. Yes, this place is going to be packed with junior high kids. And then a month later, we're going to have high schoolers here. Now, how can we celebrate all of that before it actually happens? Because we've been doing it for the last seven years. You as a church have witnessed these kids come in. And for me personally, I was called into ministry at a youth camp. And so I know that these are things that we can celebrate. And this is the summertime, and summer means we have camps. And so we get to look forward to these kids, not only encountering God, but choosing to live a life for Jesus. Do you think that's a big deal? Absolutely. It is a huge deal to be called so young to follow Christ. And then we just ended our 40-day prayer challenge, where the leadership here was praying, and all of you, as a body of Christ, we've been praying that God would increase our leadership base. Why would we ask that? Why would we ask God to increase us and increase our leadership base? Because God is increasing us. So in order for us to grow up, we have to grow out. We have to have a solid foundation. And so we're asking God to increase us as leaders. That's why we're here on Wednesday night, right? Why would you choose to come here in the middle of the week? Because we're asking God to continue to equip us. That's what it, why we call Wednesday night equip and disciple. We're learning. But we don't walk out these doors and just say, oh, that was pretty good. That was a, that was, the music was super awesome. And did you notice the purple lights? They're the best. No, we have to take the word and we have to apply it to our lives. That's what equipping is. And so it is part of our celebrating growth that we have to walk through these moments, maybe not always happy, maybe not always feels good, and it's going to be painful sometimes, but we have to be able to walk through that in order to reach our full potential. That's why we serve. 
That's why we come. That's why we love one another. And we look at the celebration of it. Summer's always so much fun. But every day should be a celebration because of who God is and what he's already done in our lives. So tonight, as we continue in this series, and before we open our Bibles and before we take out our notes, let's ask the Lord to prepare our hearts. Okay, let's pray. Most Heavenly Father, we are so very, very grateful. We're so grateful for everything you've already done. So we ask Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts, to empower us by your Spirit, to open our ears to hear your word, so that we can receive it and we can go out and we can grow, Lord. We look forward to the growth that you are going to and continue to do, not only as the body of Christ, but as sons and daughters. Lord, we thank you, and we celebrate you, and we look forward to this growth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, so go ahead and take out your Bibles. Take out your notes. I know you miss me, yeah? It's note time. You can open up it in your app as well. There's going to be a few uh, scriptures that we're just going to look at in our Bibles. We're going to look up. It's not on your notes. It's totally fine. In fact, if you want to go ahead and look at Exodus 15, go and turn there and you can save it. I should do that as well. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to look at what it really means to celebrate growth. And we're familiar with the story of Moses, Yes. We're familiar when he has taken out the Israelites from Israel out of Egypt and they have crossed the Red Sea. We're familiar with that story. We're very familiar also with the fact that there was millions of people in this community. And you know, so we're going to look at some things that may have slowed them down, slowed down the process of growth. We know that walking through change, change will always happen. Regardless if we like it or not, change happens. You can see it in our world. You can see it with technology. We can see it with our kids. Every generation is different. Change happens. But growth, family, is optional. That's entirely up to you. And how you want to handle the process of growth is also up to you. See, we can't just arrive like I was saying earlier because then there's no lesson involved. And here we have Moses. God is saying, hey, Moses, I need you to, the Israelites have been oppressed. And for, for just a second, if you can just imagine, if you will, what the Israelites actually had to endure as slaves under the taskmasters of Egyptians. It was horrific. It, being abused is making it light. This, we're talking about abuse, women, children, men. It was hard, hard labor. I don't know, how many of you guys have ever done really, really hard labor? I can't raise my hand because, you know, I, I know. Yes, it's hard. I watch people do it all the time. I'm like, wow, that's hard. That looks hard. I gave birth, so I can say that. We are going to look at how God, you know, he's saying, hey, I'm going to free you from this. They, how many of you believe that the Israelites were begging God to free us? Every single day, we need to get out of here. But they're oppressed. And so God sends Moses. Moses goes in, brings them out, and they start to experience freedom. 
for the very first time in many, many years, they experience freedom. Have you ever been set free from something? Have you ever had your debts paid? Have you ever had something, someone do something incredible for you? How did you feel? Did you celebrate or were you sad? We celebrated. You guys can answer, you know, we're one family. We, they celebrated. So let's take a look at Exodus 15. Now, there are 20 to 21 verses here that simply is the song. It's actually entitled the Song of Moses. The entire community, the ent- all the Israelites would sing through. We're not going to read it all, but it starts off, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider was thrown into the sea. So you have, they have just walked past the Red Sea. They've witnessed miracle after miracle after miracle, and they were celebrating. They were so happy that they wrote all of this, this entire chapter, and all they would do for an entire month was sing, sing praises and saying, Lord, you reign forever and ever. You reign. I love you. We're so grateful. And all they did was sing praises. That's what they did because they were happy. They were celebrating that God had given them freedom. Now, what's interesting is that it didn't last How many times have we felt or we found ourselves in that similar situation where we are thanking God? Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for healing my son. Thank you so much for repairing my marriage. And then we find ourselves in the same situation as the Israelites. What do you think they were doing? They started to grumble. Exactly. They started to complain. They started to look at their circumstance instead of believing that, hey, say, hey, Moses, where's this promised land that God is talking about? And you know what? There's, there's Egypt, but I'm looking at this right now. Because it actually goes on to say in verse 22, and, and this is immediately. This is like about a, a month or so after they're being delivered. <clears throat> and we see that in these verses, they start to change. They start to, their gratitude starts to subside. And it says immediately following this celebration. So the celebration was going on for quite some time. But immediately following the celebration, it reads in verses 22 and 20 through 24. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah. For they were bitter, and the people began to murmur. Do you know what murmur is? It's talking under their breath. Parents, do you like when your kids talk under their breath? That's like hashtag cracks right there. Okay? And the people started to murmur. I don't think they were brave enough to actually say, Hey, Moses, where's the water? Hey, bro, I don't see the water. Where is it? No, they started to say it under their breath. And this was against Moses and Aaron. And they're like, hey, I don't know about you, but um, (laughs) it's been like three days and there's no water. And this is after they witnessed God provide every single step of the way. 
every step of the way. He provided manna, quail, water, and shortly after this, in just a few verses, you can go on and read that he made the water clean so they could drink it. They started to grumble. They started to look at circumstance, their, their actual situation right there, instead of looking that way, where God was taking them. Instead, they started to look back. Now you look in just chapter 16, we're going to read, this is about a month and a half after, so we're looking at a month after they've come out of, they've crossed the Red Sea. And this is in Exodus 16, 1 and 3. On the 15th day of the second year, after their departing out of the land of Egypt, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Now they're starting to voice their opinion. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. That's crazy. There, at least we sat around pots of meat and we were able to eat all we wanted. But you brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Interesting how backward thinking that is. We look again at verse 3. The Israelites Israelite said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. So many times, because we're so used to living in a certain situation, and when we're here, we, all we want is out. All we want is out. And when God finally frees us, we don't want to walk what it takes to get to where he's taking us. We want to just arrive. But there's a process to change. There's a process to our growth. Now, can you imagine if the Israelites didn't complain? Do you know what would have happened? It would have taken them only three weeks to get to the promised land. But instead, it took them 40 years. If you're taking notes... You can write this in. Complaining will slow down your growth. Plain and simple, 100% truth. The more you complain, the longer it will take. Oh, you guys are going to, okay, let's go. Let's go again. Let's go around one more time. Hanoho. We'll do this. 40 years. It took them 40 years. It would have taken them three weeks. What is happening? I'll tell you what happened. They started looking back at Egypt. It's only. That's crazy. God has something great for us. And because of complaining, we can miss out on what could be. We find ourselves in these situations and we crumble and we're like, it's not fair. You know what? You're right. It's not fair. And you're probably justified. Will validate your feelings for now. But if you want to grow, you kind of have to walk through that change. You got to be willing to say, you know what, it may not be comfortable right now. I may not be used to this certain life, but I know God has something for me. And when we start moving forward, we get to that place. In about 2006, that's a long time ago, 
we were at a summer camp. This is back in the day when I would do the youth, and, and we would go down to the west side every summer for our summer camps before we had it here, and we called it Zero Gravity. Now, this one particular time, it just didn't seem like, I mean, I thought God was playing a joke on me because we got to the beach, and apparently all the sand was taken out of the beach, well, majority of the sand, and there was rocks everywhere, and this is all we knew. We knew that majority of the time we were just going to spend at the beach. Now I'm thinking, oh, no, what are we going to do? And it just was not a good time because apparently the showers weren't working. We had like two showers and a bunch of teenagers. And we had to call in toilets because the toilets weren't working. And I was sitting there going, is this even worth it? And I really felt the Lord saying, you have to seek me. Like you're looking at what you can do, but instead ask me what we should do. And so I gathered all the kids and they started to complain. And all I could think about was the story of Moses and the Israelites. I'm like, guys, come on. We can figure this out. We can look at other things. So let's get creative. And so certain kids started to name, hey, we can play this. And what about this? I said, okay, we're getting somewhere. And another kid said, hey, there's a trail on the side of the pavilion. And it looks like a nature trail, a nature walk. Let's all go on this walk. And I was like, okay. Now, I was doing camps there maybe about four or five years And I've never, me personally, have never seen that trail. So, and this is 2006, so there's lots of trees. This is way before the fire. And so we decided, okay, all the leaders and all the kids, let's go on this nature walk. And let's just thank the Lord that we get to live in Hawaii and it's going to be great. We'll, We'll figure things out. So we did. We started walking. 10 minutes, maybe 10, 12 minutes, we climb up this hill. And no joke, I wish I had a picture of this. We got to the hill and we saw the most beautiful private beach I've ever seen in my entire life. There was zero rocks, just crystal turquoise water and it was beautiful and we all stood on the hill and one of the kids said, Auntie, there's the promised land. (laughs) No joke. And from that day forward, we called that beach promised land. Till this day, when the youth ministry goes down, all the kids, they don't know it as another beach. They only know it as promised land. They weren't there to actually experience walking the trail, but this is generations after, and they still know it as promised land. That's how good God is. He has us going. He has plans for us, but are we willing to walk through that change? Because complaining is just going to slow down our growth. Last week, Pastor Lynn talked about celebrating life, and she used one of the scriptures that I'm going to use tonight. So go ahead and turn to Luke, is it Luke? No, John 10, verse 10. So John chapter 10, verse 10. And when you get to it, we're going to read it together. It's also in your app. And this is what it says. Ready? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The enemy has an agenda. It's very simple. He wants to destroy us. Kind of sounds a little scary, because it is. He's crafty, he's patient, he's smart, 
and he will wait. And he will use every trick in the book to trip us up. You know, like I said, I was in seventh grade, I'd hit a growth spurt. I have a brother, Eli, who is five years younger than me. And I know this is going to be hard to believe, okay. But I wasn't as nice as as a sister growing up. I mean, I actually, when I thought about this, because when I was thinking about this message and the Lord brought this story to me and I was like, wow, I did all that? Sorry. He's here. (laughs) Anyways, he was a small, scrawny little kid. I really wish I had pictures for that too because you would not believe me. He was a small, scrawny little kid. And my older brother and I, we had, we're older, so we had already hit our growth spurt. And I'm not sure what my parents really were thinking, trusting us to watch Eli. Because Eli literally was tortured. I'm not going to lie. Literally, he was tortured. I would make him do all of the chores. Like, my parents would leave a list, and I was like, oh, yeah. And he wasn't even allowed to tell my parents that we didn't do it, or he would, be, he would get punished for it. That's what siblings do, right? Am I not, I'm not the only one, right? Okay, thank you. Thank you, that one person. Thank you. We need Jesus. So I would force my brother to do all of our chores, to do whatever we asked. And when my friends came over, it was worse because I would say, watch this. Hey, Eli, bring out the vacuum. I don't want, you don't want what? Oh, okay. I mean, he was a small little kid. This is what he would do. He would tell me no. He got older, but he would tell me no. This does not bring me any joy whatsoever now today. Maybe just a little bit. But I would put him in a chokehold, like literally, like he was really small. And I would put, actually even really smaller than that, and I would put him in a chokehold until he said he would do it. And so my brother would go home, go to bed crying, and he would ask the Lord, please help me grow. Please make me bigger. Please, Lord, please, God, make me bigger. And so throughout the years, he still, you know, he, his growth spurt was a little slow. And, but he started to become smart, meaning he wasn't alone with us. He would make sure that he was busy if my parents had to go, oh, you guys are going somewhere? Okay, I'm, I, I got to go somewhere too. He started to remove himself from this situation. We would watch, my brother and I would watch him take weight gainer. You guys know what that is? Specifically so that he would be bigger than us. And he was out there pumping weights, and we just started laughing. We're like, oh, Eli, you're so funny. <laughs> it's not going to help, okay? You're still doing the dishes tonight. But you know what? Guess what? He did. Not only did he get taller, he got bigger, and he got stronger. He's about four inches taller than me now. And he, I know, right? <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> He got bigger. And when I told him, hey, Eli, I need you to do this, this is what he would say. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do about it? Oh, nothing, I guess. (laughs) Guess what, guys? The enemy puts us in a chokehold 
all the time. And if you don't grow, he's just going to keep manipulating you. If you don't ask the Lord for growth, and you don't do what needs to be done in order for you to grow, you will always remain in the same place. You will never get out of his chokehold. He has an agenda. God, he has the master plan. But it's entirely up to you how fast you want to grow. Just sitting here says a lot. You're being equipped so that you can grow. Because when we grow, guess what? He can't manipulate us anymore. John 15, 1 through 5, you can turn there if you want. This is what it reads. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. For I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Number two, write this in, God overcomes all strongholds, every single one of him. But we can do nothing apart from him. We will bear no fruit apart from him. We will be working out and nothing apart from him. We will never grow. And we will be fighting every single day, wondering why, why is it so hard why is this not happening? Because you're remaining in the exact same place. You think you can do it on your own? You cannot. We are not created to do it on our own. We are created to be connected with God. And that's all he wants. He just wants you. He doesn't need what you do, what you're good at. He just wants you because he's completely in love with you but we have to remain in him and he in us. And there are ways that we can do that. Being in the word. I don't know how many times we talk about that. Being in the word. It feeds our soul. It feeds our spirit. We grow. We learn. We become smarter the more we know. We won't find ourselves in situations until we get that, until we get strong enough to overcome. Being serious means you're willing to dig in. Praying for growth. Pray that God will make you grow and apply what you learn because aside from him, we're nothing. 1 Corinthians 13, 11 reads, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. See, habits are formed by repetition, doing something over and over and over again, good or bad. We form muscle memory, and then it becomes a habit. So certain things used to really bother me. And 
To tell you the truth, they still do. But this is how you know that I've grown, because I respond differently. That's how you know. And when you, guys, when you find yourself and you, get, you recognize that moment, celebrate it. Tell somebody about it, like, oh, my goodness. I'm growing in Christ because I, my kid is still standing. I must be growing. <laughs> I mean, we laugh about it, but it's for real. I travel quite a bit, and, and airports are the funniest, especially when the plane has been delayed and they're screaming kids. You can physically see the change that happens to people. Like, they morph into the Hulk, for real. Sweet little lady becomes the Hulk. And it's crazy because we're, we're put into these situations to test us, to test our growth. And when we really feel like we've passed or we've kind of come through it and we're like, wow, I handled that differently. That, that wasn't, that's very unlike me. No, it's very unlike the new you. See, every single day, God is growing us, and the process is up to us. How many times around the sun you want to take is up to you. Three weeks or 40 years, that is entirely up to you. We can accept it, we can grow, and we can move, but it is entirely up to you. See, situations will test our growth, and when you do respond, and there's a hallelujah moment, celebrate, because that will motivate you to keep going. We all need to be fueled. We all need to be motivated and encouraged. That's why we need to encourage one another. These are the things that will keep us going. One of the greatest traps that the enemy has laid out for us to stunt our growth or even keep us from maturing is distraction. He'll probably even do it right now. What is she wearing? I didn't know so-and-so came to this church. Did you notice that they just posted on Instagram we're in the middle of service? How tall is Bunny anyway? It's really cold in here. It's really hot in here. Distraction, distra well, it's funny, but distractions keep us from the truth. And the enemy is so good at distractions. Like I said, he's patient, he's smart, he's crafty. To wait. And anything to keep you from hearing the word of God, applying the word of God, and moving in the word of God, he will do. Because he doesn't want us to grow. He doesn't want us to be filled with joy. He doesn't want us to rely on the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be empowered by God. He wants us to remain the same. He wants us in Egypt. That's where he wants us. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> the enemy can keep us from growing and we'll have nothing to celebrate. And there's nothing to celebrate, then there's no joy. And if there's no joy, then he is right. He has us right where he wants us. Number three, fix your eyes on Christ. We say it often because it's the truth. When your eyes are so focused on something else, you lose sight of the truth. Sometimes we're so preoccupied with someone else's growth that we're not growing at all. We don't even notice that we're withering away. 
Fix your eyes on Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the way. He is the only way. And when we remain in him and he in us, that's where we will begin to grow and then bear fruit and continue to move forward. And that's when we get to celebrate. We get to celebrate that all that the Lord has done. Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. And my heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him. See, the Israelites witnessed miracle after miracle, provision after provision. And they sang and they sang and they praised him and they celebrated, but it fell short. And it took them a long time to learn what it means to grow. And yes, they did finally get to the promised land. And God provides every step of the way. Your process of growth depends on you. But remember to celebrate those moments of growth. That's why we celebrate graduations, especially here in Hawaii. We go all out when our kids finally graduate because you did it. When we give birth, we, there's a big celebration because there's, there was pain involved and now there's life and we celebrate. Find things to celebrate because when we grow, that's something worth celebrating because we're no longer the same. If you are growing, that means you're no longer in Egypt. You're not there anymore. And it's going to be hard sometimes. You're going to have growing pains sometimes. But walk through it. Walk through the change because the change is going to happen. It's up to you whether or not you grow. You can go ahead and close your Bibles, put away your notes. In order for me to reach my full growth potential, I have to grow through the change. You know, our island is going through a, a painful process, I would say. My husband and I grew up in Pohoa, in the Puna area. And I remember growing up and my dad would tell us stories. My dad is from Kopoho. And he would tell us stories. And as we would drive down to our favorite, our favorite spot, and we would pass these lava fields. And my dad would say, oh, this is where my school was. Oh, this is where, the, um, where our house was. Oh, this is where we used to go fishing. And see, I, as a kid, I never experienced any of that. But my dad did. And we got to celebrate the memories that he had. And as a child, for me, I grew up at Kalapana, Black Sand Beach Pipeline. That was my childhood. We went there all the time, Queen's back. And I remember staying at my best friend's house as the lava crept into her backyard, and we watched it come in. And eventually, the lava took Kalapana. And I would tell my kids all about it. And we would celebrate those moments. 
my kids were raised down at Champagne Pond, down Pohiki. See, my grandkids will never be able to experience that, but they will be able to celebrate the memories that their parents had, which are my kids. My husband's family is the Hale Ohana, and Pohiki belongs to the family, and we may not ever see Pohiki again. But instead of looking at all the bad, and yes, it's painful, you never know what God's going to do. And that's just talking about the land. I'll tell you what God is doing right now. He's rebuilding a community. He's showing what his love looks like through people, his people, you. What it means to love one another. What it means to be an extension of God's hands and feet. We may not have these places ever again, but what we do have are the memories. And we can celebrate in that because our community is growing. Our Aina is growing. And you just never know. We can celebrate those moments of growth because God is so good. He's always so good. And instead of us looking at the bad, let's look at where God is taking us. Taking you as an individual to your promised land. Taking us as a church. Taking us as a state, as a country. As the body of Christ. Because the promised land is ahead. And we don't ever want to go back. So it's okay to celebrate where I'm at right now. As long as we keep moving forward. Why don't we bow our hearts and our, our eyes and thank the Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we are so grateful for your provisions, for your love, for everything that you've ever done and continue to do. We celebrate with joy in our hearts who you've called us to be. You are the reigning king. You are glorious. And no matter what our circumstance is, you still reign. And I put my complete trust in you. And Lord, thank you for being a God who continues to pour into your people so that we can continue to grow. Let our roots go deep, Lord, so that we are not shallow, but we are steadfast. Give us the strength to overcome the enemy when he comes and tries to put us in a chokehold. Grow us, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord. Equip us so that we can overcome, so that give us the eyes to see the traps that the enemy is laying out, so that we can walk over them. And so that he can no longer manipulate us. Or our situation. Give us eyes fixed on your son, Jesus. Because you have the master plan and we celebrate that. 
knowing full well that all you have in store for us is good. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! Yes! Okay, so we're going to have fun this summer, yes? We're going to celebrate moments together. Enjoy your time with your family. This Sunday coming up is Father's Day. Yes, some of you have looks on your faces like, it is this? It's this Sunday? Yes. Invite your dad, invite your family, invite your friends. Dads that are attending, you will have a free steak breakfast. I almost said dinner. Yes. Come, it's going to be fun. 